The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. Oh, another award show and another chance to display the fake morality of the elite and the privileged. I don't know if I don't know if I can take it just another day. I just love it so very, very much. Celebrities yesterday chose to wear an orange lapel pin. Now, I don't have my color decoder kit yet, but apparently that was to support gun control on behalf of the organization Everytown for Gun Safety. This is a group that raises awareness about gun violence protection. They say their pins are a reminder that there's more we can all and should do to prevent more uh, acts of gun violence. Okay. Uh, I didn't actually see any of it. I didn't turn on the Oscars. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I I watched some clips so I could talk about it so you didn't have to. But don't worry. This is the only monologue about the Oscars here. And this is this is all I have to say. You know, just reading the monologue of uh, Jimmy Kim- Kimmel says everything we need to know. There is only one place for any kind of conservative, anybody who believes in the Constitution, anybody who believes in um, preserving the good thing, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And that is as a butt of jokes. That's it. That's all we are. And that's fine. I mean, you can have your little community and, you know, there are little communities that make Hollywood the butt of their jokes. And that's totally fine. But Hollywood, you need to understand, we don't really care anymore because we don't really need you anymore. We really don't. You need us more than we need you. Are we going to boycott your movies? Nah. No. For the most part, we'll still go. Um, But we'll be probably a little more selective. But it's not like the days of the studio system anymore. We really don't need you. We don't need the movie theaters. And the movie theaters know this. This is why they're all of a sudden, hey, I got an idea. We'll serve steak. Because we don't even need that. We have Netflix. We have Amazon. We have YouTube. We have our own independent channels. We don't need all of this anymore. And here's the thing. We're not victims. We're not victims. People who... Uh, believe in self-reliance, believe you do what you want to do, we'll do what we want to do. So I ain't going to react to you. We'll just create. Now, I, I encourage those who are creative to actually create. Because we can either complain or we can create. The, the, the basic choice is, how do you look at life? This is the way I look at it. Life happens for us, not to us. It's Monday, March 5th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So welcome to the program. That's as much Oscar talk as you're going to get. Who won? I don't care. What were they wearing? Don't care. What happened? Yeah, but you see that cinematography award? That was amazing. (laughs) I actually care about those kinds of things, but I don't care who they say is the best, you know, cinematographer. Don't care. Don't care. They play no role in my life. I don't care. You go to look, see every movie that comes out. Right. But I don't I don't care what they say about it. No. I care what I I don't I don't care about the critics. 
I use Rotten Tomatoes, and I look at not the critic score. I don't care what the critics say. Nobody should care what I say about movies. What does the average person say about movies? You know, what? show me that score. That one I care. I care about. Because most people are using movies the way movies were intended. It's a form of entertainment. It's a form of escape. I go, can I escape for a few minutes? Can I go in there and just pretend that the world isn't burning down? If so, I'm there. Yeah, and then there's the 10% of movies that make point. 1% of the revenue for the movie companies that win all the awards and they're all message movies yeah and they're all movies uh that are that have these like these messages and the director goes up there every time they win and they talk about how they crafted this message because they thought it was so important that people knew about it and were influenced by it and then when you say uh anything about violence in movies or sex in movies there's absolutely no influence oh in movies whatsoever you are so right <laughs> so listen to this one listen to this one so, uh, did you see Black Panther yet? You no. hate those kind of movies. I'm not a big superhero yeah. movie guy. So, um, I, I saw it, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. I watched afterwards, I watched like a five-minute YouTube clip of the director talking about what, he, what the choices he made. Oh, okay. And at one, at one scene, he was like, if you look here on her shoulder, uh, that fabric print is actually, I don't know, something. Something from Zimbabwe. I have no idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then he says, uh, but but fr- I want to freeze the frame right here. Okay, so the frame, the, the camera is moving, and it shows the main character, and he freezes it at a point to where somebody on, I don't know, a right or left was wearing black. She was wearing green, and the other person on the other side of her shoulder was wearing red. And he's like, the colors of the African nationals flag. And I'm like, dude, if you wouldn't have stopped it, <laughs> nobody would have noticed that. You are way overthinking this because nobody picked up on that. When's the next explosion? <laughs> it was like, wow, you're overthinking. So I'm not really going to listen to you on whether this is a good movie or a bad movie because uh, you're overthinking it. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is uh, how the movies are... So anti-gun. The Hollywood is so anti-gun. And yet, they don't have a problem with putting in the... I saw um, a, a PG-13, you know, warning. Have, do you ever read those? Every once in a while. And some, there's really, like, smoking is okay. in there yeah, sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. PG-13 can be PG-13 for recreational cigarette smoking. <laughs> okay, not dope smoking. <laughs> cigarette smoking. Okay, recreation. No, no, I'm sorry. It's not recreational. It's secondhand smoke. That's what it is. Secondhand, secondhand smoke. smoke. I don't remember what movie it was. I saw it. I saw either a trailer or the movie, and I was like, "What? what? Secondhand <laughs> smoke? Can I get? Am I breathing it in from the scene? Why do I care about secondhand smoke? They care so deeply about that, and they care that you know that's that's irresponsible. That's irresponsible, mm-hmm. and we have to have role models in our movies, but they don't have a problem with all the gunfire they don't have a problem with all the violence they don't have a problem with they refuse to look at that which makes it it just it makes them a joke it makes them a joke and we should start looking at it that way oh hollywood you're so cute with your little orange sign oh you don't like guns who's funny (laughs) you are because people who smoke or don't smoke it's not going to affect how much money that they bring in and you know any given weekend you start taking guns out of movies 
people right. stop showing up. Yes. Because no boom boom. Right, no boom boom. People like the <laughs> people boom like boom booms. <laughs> I like this one because it goes boom in the middle. <laughs> That's what I like. That's what I like. I like Jerry Bruckheimer because I know his movies always go boom. Yeah. I like that. Why do you put all those stupid speakers in in the theaters? Otherwise, I could just watch it on my phone. Right. Can you make the actors talk less and just make more things go boom? Here's an idea. Could we make the actors go boom in the movies? This is is the conversation that uh, Hollywood imagines we all have. And it's it's more true than they think it is, right? I mean, it's not exactly true. I don't want to just see ex- explosions. <laughs> no, in a movie, I mean, but, well, like, occasional conversation well, would be okay. Um, I can handle this. Wasn't that cool? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> That's basically what we want from Hollywood. I, I mean, I actually like the stupid artsy movies that sometimes so get fe- be featured in there. I know you're. A, I mean, because you know you're big on movies. Like this is one of your biggest passions, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I, the condescension is just, it's, it, it's irritating, but I think I'm with you in that I really just don't care. The j- people on the conservative media were all fired up about the Jimmy Kimmel stuff from, uh, from his speech. I, there was never a moment where it really bothered me. Yeah, he took a couple shots at Trump. Yeah, he took a couple shots at conservatives. Sure, he does. Uh, no, it's, it it's all part of it. And I, it, it's, whatever. Look, the only they, problem. I, we know they're liberal. The, the only problem is, is that he gave that, you know, that almost that teary-eyed you know, interview last week where I don't want to offend anyone. I, I'm going to try. Come on, Come man. On. Shut we up. know you do. Shut up. We know you do. So it's uh, it's okay. I, I expected it. This is the way it always is. I mean, I remember my father and my grandfather watching the Oscars in 1972. What the hell is wrong with those freaks? <laughs> I mean, nothing has changed. No, no. Nothing has changed. So let's just... L- let's just uh, let it go. There's not anything more important in society that you'd want to focus no. on today, right? There's nothing no. you can think of. Hey, have you heard what's ha- happening in South Africa? No, I'm, a, I'm an American citizen. Yeah, so no, I've most not. people haven't heard. <laughs> uh, the new president has just said the time for reconciliation is over. And oh. uh, we're going to confiscate all property from white people. Now, that's worked out well when it's been attempted in the past. Well, no, uh, they did it in Zimbabwe where they took all the white farmers and everybody starved to death. Yeah, that was an issue. Okay, but minor this time, concern. this time, the president of South Africa has said, we're going to do it without the food shortage problem. Oh, that was the big problem with Zimbabwe because yeah. they came out right off the bat and were like, we want food shortages because of the result right. of this. Right. No, they're going to they're gonna push the other way? No, they're going to push oh, the other way. That's an interesting so twist on the that'll policy. Be good. Yeah. And uh, the time for reconciliation is over. Not talking about that. Nobody's even. Huh. Really? It's the, it's the most the, successful, stable country in all of Africa. Yeah. I mean, the continent uh, all chases South Africa. If they start going that way, yeah, it's not going to be happen. good. Yeah. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. And there's now a petition for Donald Trump to let the Afrikaners into America because they're losing. They have no place to go. They're losing all their property, all their wealth, everything. It could be a full-fledged race war. Uh, And can you imagine Donald Trump? And no to Somalia. Yes to the white guys in Africa. (laughs) I mean, that's just not going to. Just to piss off Chris Cuomo, it may be worth doing. But uh, can you imagine what CNN would do if that actually happened? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's uh, it's not good. It's really not good. It's really not good. So we got that going for us. Hey, I, um, I was thinking a lot about the whole, you know what the problem is? Guns. Thinking about that. Uh, this weekend and um, um, I'm reading a book on personal responsibility and uh, it got me to thinking 
maybe, hear me out, maybe guns are not the problem. It's time we do something, Glenn. Why? This this same old argument, the same I, old position. Could you remember? Could you just write that? I want you to literally write that okay, down. I'm going to write down We right must do something. I can't write that because that's going to take on a whole new context in the next 15 minutes. And we'll go there next. Markets are... I'm going to be optimistic. Beginning to price for another potential interest rate hike. Oh, my gosh. I was reading stuff this weekend. You don't want to read. I read stuff that you don't. So, so you don't have to. There are there are some pretty serious people who are saying, yeah, this is going to between this and the trade war and everything else. We, you know, we could lose 40 uh, percent. OK. OK. All right. That would be a bad thing. Uh, but. I look at the bright side. There was another guy I read that said uh, by 2020, the Dow will be at 5,000. So <laughs> I'm going to dismiss that one as the outlier. And we're just going to talk about raising uh, the interest rates because too much money is flooding back into the uh, system. And the Fed is raising the interest rates because that is what caps inflation. Lower interest rates. They're good for you because they, um, they tie directly to the things, your car, your house that you buy. The lower the interest rate, the greater your savings. That's why right now is the time to start shopping loan programs and rates, and you can get started by calling the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing. With American Financing, you can get straightforward and effortless mortgage experience. American Financing. They work for you. They don't work for the bank. Call them now, 800-906-2440. That is 800-906-2440. Or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Glenn Beck. I want to... uh... I want to look at the history of the problems of our country in the last few years. And where do we place blame? And, I, you know, I think it's, it's easier if I don't even talk about the problems. I just talk about the, the blame. Everything, all of our ills, what are they caused by? Well, politicians, right? The politicians are to blame. I mean, the politicians, they're corrupt, they're dirty, they're stupid, Whatever it is, they're too far extreme one way or the other. Uh, they don't care. They're in it for themselves. The politicians are to blame. After the, after the crash of 08, uh, it was the politicians in Wall Street that were to blame. You know, it's really the greedy Wall Street. That's what it is. The Wall Street is the Gordon Geckos of Wall Street. They were the ones. They were too greedy. They just they didn't care about anything. They didn't look at the bigger picture. It was all about them. And then the other side countered with, well, what about all those people that took out the loans? They should have known. Hey, I've got to violate the free market system to be able to save the free market system. Well, wait a minute. What happened to their personal responsibility? The banks knew. Well, they're too big to fail. Too big to fail. Politicians, Wall Street, financial institutions. We have a discussion now. And you know what's weird is... There's one person who has cobbled this coalition together. Now, now think of this. We're having a discussion now. There are three groups of people that say the government is to blame. There's the first group 
the government is to blame for all of our problems because they're too big. The government is to blame because it's too small. It doesn't it doesn't have the right to take care of everything. And the third one is the government is to blame because it's ineffective and it's corrupt. Can you name anybody that unites all three of those people? Donald Trump. He's the only one in history to unite those three people. And what are they united on? Burn the system down. Drain the swamp. Get it either. How many times have you heard people say, just burn the whole damn system down? Okay. So we have, we've blamed the government too big, too small, or ineffective and corrupt. Then we blame the corporations. Now, conservatives didn't used to blame corporations, but now we're starting to blame the corporations for the problems. We blame globalism. We blame the media. There is one exception of the media, and I want to come back to it. Remind me. We blame Islam. We blame the Christians. We blame the Jews. We blame the capitalist system. We blame that we're not doing the capitalist system. We're actually a socialist nation. We blame education or the educators or the institutions of higher learning. We blame the doctors, the hospitals, or the insurance. Or we blame the government. Nothing has changed. Some blamed the government at the very beginning and said the government is too involved. And others said, no, they're not n- enough involved. Now, when you look at the, your, your price of health care and what you're paying and how things are going, you're starting to just blame the government. Or are you still blaming the insurance companies and the doctors and the insurance I mean, I remember when a president of the United States said there are doctors in this country that are cutting people's feet off because they could make more money. Wow. We are now blaming guns. There's something missing from this list. Can you figure out what it is? Have I, have I covered everything, Stu? Is there anything else that we're currently blaming? <laughs> I mean, you covered a lot of it. Let's see. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe religion. I put that in it. Islam, Christians, yeah. Jews. That's a blanket religion. Blanket, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, there's something you're thinking of, but I don't know what yeah. it is. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's other things and we should add to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's one thing and it belongs in the media. We're not blaming social media. Mm. We're not blaming movies. We're not blaming gaming. Why? Well, some people uh, on the conservative some side, are. some uh, are, will go after those. But yeah, you're right. It's not a you're you're immediately focus. shouted down. You're immediately yeah. shouted down. Mm-hmm. We are starting to blame social media, but we're blaming Facebook, right, we're... And Twitter. <laughs> okay, how dare they give us the chance to post things? Right. Here's what's missing. Us. Nowhere in there is us. (laughs) We're not blaming us for any of it. There is no personal responsibility in this at all. If we blame social media, it's someone else. But it's most likely Facebook or Twitter. They should do something. Now, let me go through this list again. Politicians, we've got to do something. Wall Street is collapsing. We've got to do something. The government is ineffective. 
I don't care if we even burn it down to the ground. We've got to do something. Corporations are out of control. We've got to do something. Globalism, it's, we, it's out of control. We've got to do something. The media, we've got to do something. Islam, Christians, Jews, we've got to do something. Education, we've got to do something. Healthcare, we've got to do something. Guns, we've got to do something. Let me show you the results of all of those when we come back. Glenn Beck, Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Thank you so much for uh, listening today. So uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about signing blame. Politicians, Wall Street, the government, uh, corporations, globalism, the media, Islam, Christians, Jews, religion, capitalism, education, healthcare, guns, all those things to blame. And you notice when we talk about it, there is no baby. It's just all bathwater. Throw it all out. So we're not blaming ourselves, but look what's happening. Every time we say we've got to do something, the government does something. And we cheer or we're silent. Look what we're doing. Okay, Stu, if you can, just kind of uh, walk through this with me. Uh, okay. First of all, I, I just wrote these out um, today, so it's just off the best of my memory, and I'm going to kind of butcher some of this, so I'm sorry if you're a real constitutionalist. That one person is a real <laughs> constitutionalist, knows every word. Oh, but, uh, sadly, he died this weekend. Oh, he so died this yeah, weekend? Okay, good. Yep. Okay, so let's look at the constitutional, the Bill of Rights. This is the thing that we should all be able to come together on. Bill of Rights. They're all self-evident. That you have a right to a free press and the government shouldn't get involved. Is that under attack? Oh, we've seen, I mean, Obama was putting people in prison uh, mm-hmm. and, and journalists. You know, journalists in prison uh, over that. I mean, you know, we certainly have seen with Trump the uh, opening up of the libel laws being something yep. he's tossed around Correct. at least. Free press is under attack. Speech? Absolutely. Look at, look at, uh, look at our college campuses. Free speech oh, yeah. zones. Or on the other side a free speech zone where you you're kept away from the politician or wherever you are. Yeah. The left, per, you know, was big on complaining about that during Bush. Yes. Uh, and, and certainly not so much on Obama, not which so much on Obama. he did as well. But and I mean, Trump is doing is as well. We see certainly on college campuses though. Yes. And that is big time. Massive. Correct. That's also your right to assemble and your right to petition. And I think your right to Petition and assemble uh, was really hurt under uh, the IRS scandal under Obama. That was trying to stop you from assembling and petitioning your own. Yeah, government. targeting through political ideology. Correct. Too. Correct. Religion absolutely under attack. Uh, guns under attack. Now this is the Second Amendment. Guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Third Amendment. Quartering soldiers. We don't seem to have a problem with that one. Nobody's blamed that. <laughs> you one know, yet. that's one. one yeah, violation. we got that. No really violation free. Try this one. Uh, the Fourth Amendment, securing your papers, property, and self. You have to have a warrant and probable cause, and uh, mm. you you can't lose those things without a warrant and due process. I mean, that that's uh, a civil, civil asset forfeiture. That's, you know, the Snowden stuff with the NSA. That's what we, happened with uh, Jeff Sessions. Yeah, the, securing your property yeah. is very much not, I mean, you know, Trump said he didn't even understand the other side of that argument. The other side of the argument is the Fourth Amendment. Right. Right. (laughs) I think uh, pretty clearly. Fifth Amendment also is due process. You can't be held without a grand jury indictment. We violated that because of the war on terror. Uh, And I'm not talking about Guantanamo. I'm talking about 
the guy in Chicago that we've done that. Uh, Double Jeopardy, we seem to leave alone. Testify against yourself. That's the only one people know about the Fifth Amendment. Uh, And uh, we've left that alone. Not deprived of life, liberty, or property. Hmm. So without due process. So we're violating that now with our gun talk. Public trial. You know, I think we misunderstand this one. That we we are having public trials. Where it's trial by public. <laughs> right? that's, not, okay. that's not what that means. That's uh, not what that means. No. Okay. You have to be informed of the nature and facts of the crime. Oh, Ben. I mean, look at what's happening again in our colleges. We, yes. we, we have these accusations of sexual yep. assault or harassment. The, the students who are accused of the crimes aren't at times even allowed to know what the evidence is, what the accusation is, or who the accuser, who the accuser is. is. And that's the second one in this. You have a right to face the uh, complainant, and you also have a right to compile um, uh, or compel witnesses for yourself mm. and have counsel. None of those things are happening right now. Nope. Okay. Um, then the Seventh Amendment is uh, common common law juries, you know, civil court cases over $20, you have a right to a jury. Don't seem to be violating that one. Uh, eighth, have we? Uh, that's the bail. You have a right to have bail to be able to be free until proven, uh, until proven uh, guilty. I, I, I'll bet you there's stuff that we have violated on that one, uh, especially with the, you know, the, the FISA laws and everything else that we're doing. Uh, the right... Uh, these rights do not deny or disparage other rights held by the people. We don't mm. even recognize the Ninth Amendment, that there are other rights and that they belong to the people. Mm. And the Tenth Amendment, of course, no. we all know is just nothing but racist. There are more rights, but they're reserved <laughs> to the states or to the people. Uh, that's dead. I mean, dead. You know, the Fourth and the Tenth are just dead. Right? You know, there's a couple, there's a little surviving I would say pieces the fourth, of some of them. I would say the Fourth, uh, the Fourth and the Tenth are dead. I would say the first and the fifth and the sixth are on life support. Uh, I would say the second, f- uh, fifth, and sixth are in life support. The uh, eighth, ninth, and tenth are in real trouble. But the but the quartering soldiers and a civil court hearing, those are fine. The good thing is you're not going to have any soldiers moving into your house anytime this week. Unless, of course, we declare war, which is part of the Constitution, then they can come. But right now, it's peacetime, quote-unquote. Right. So they can't come live at your house. So here's the thing. These all were violated because someone said, we've got to do something. And so, when it came to terror, we're going to spy on American citizens. We'll spy on people. We have to do something. Okay. You will not be secure in your papers or your person or your property. We have to do something about these guns. You're you're not secure in your persons, your papers, or your property. We've we've got to find out about Russia. Well, go to a secret court. Due process. We don't need a grand jury. Um, We don't need to give them any information about the facts of the crime or face their accusers. We don't need to do that. We've got to do something. The press is out of control. You'll notice everything that we've done. While we've made the list of here are the problems, here's who's to blame. Politicians, Wall Street, government, corporations, globalism, media, religion, capitalism, socialists, education, uh, the health care system and guns. 
we've left off one thing, and that is us. Us. We, we're not to blame. Somebody else or something else is to blame. We're not to blame. But notice the solutions. So the people rise up because we have a right. We rise up and we say there's a problem and we have to do something. And the government, who some people think are too big, some people think too small, and some people think it's just right except it's corrupt. We say you have to do something, and so they do it. And what do they do? I would say they violate the Constitution because there's the evidence. They violate the Constitution. But that's, that's gobbledygook. They're assigning blame. You. They will take... It's not the gun. It's you. It's not the press. It's you. And when I say you, I, I'm looking at us as a collective, but the people who are handling the guns, the people who are in the press, the people who are running the banks, the people who are Wall Streeters, every one of us are being limited because of a few bad apples and because we don't want to take responsibility and be specific. No, it's the bad guys with the gun. Okay, well then, we can go, we can enforce laws or create laws for those bad guys. No, 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 no. It may not just be the bad guys. We got to take away the rights for everybody. It may not just be freedom of speech for the Nazis or for the communists. We've got to look at speech all the way around. What are your pronouns? We're taking the solutions. When we have to do something, the solution is a violation of the Constitution. It's the, it's the degradation of the Bill of Rights. It is the loss of the foundation of this government and of us as a people that is really the cause of our problems. The more we say we have to do something, the more we say, well, violate that one because we have to, the more problems it causes. Because what you're doing is you're trying to, you're trying to take two systems of government. The, the government of, by, and for the people, that, that's the people. We're creating a government now through the violation of our constitution of we got to do something where we are blaming the people because we are taking away their rights and somebody is making the decision who the winners and the losers are. This is the ultimate progressive goal. We know the hands of a few. We know who should have guns. We know who should be licensed to be press. We know who should have a voice. We know who should run a bank. We know who's too big to fail and who doesn't matter. We know which doctor is good, which doctor isn't. We know. That's not our system. So to fix this system, we have to first fix blame where it belongs. Us. Because 
we are the politicians or they represent us. We are electing them. We are Wall Street. We are the banking system because, you know, when it comes to Wall Street or the the banking collapse, how many of us? And I'm not saying it's all everybody has done all of this. I'm saying we all play a role. How many of us? Uh, took loans out that we couldn't afford how many of us now have debt that is way beyond what we should what we should have we are the corporations we buy the products it's the invisible hand of the market we are the media by what we consume and what we do on social media we are religion we are the christians the the um, islamic and the jewish we are what does it even mean to be a Christian anymore? We just take the things that we want and we reject the personal responsibility for everything else. There's the only only way that we're going to fix this situation is a we have to admit that we the people are each responsible in our own way and not for all of it. But for our own part, we the people have the power, good or ill. Once we do that, then we have to go back and say, okay, do we want these rights anymore? Are we a, are we a, a, a socialist com- country or a capitalist country? Or do we believe in free trade or not? Do we believe in the freedom of the individual or do we believe in big state government? We have to decide on the Bill of Rights. Are they important or are they not? And we need to have that discussion right now. I'll talk to you a little bit about Liberty Safe. Take personal responsibility of the guns in your home. Make sure that nobody is getting those guns. Liberty Safe, they make great safes, and they now make it easy to own one. Now at Liberty Safe, you can buy a Liberty Safe at a great price and receive 12 months interest-free payments with zero down and zero APR. They even offer Liberty Safes for as low as $20 a month. Liberty Safe, there's nothing like owning one. Peace of mind, lifetime warranty, in-home delivery service. It's unmatched in the industry. We have seen, I've been with them for eight years, so I have seen the actual pictures of the wildfires in California where every home in a neighborhood is burnt to the ground and there is nothing but the chimneys left, the fireplaces and the chimneys, and a Liberty Safe. And they open them up and they're fine. We have seen over the last eight years, we have seen Liberty Safes picked up by hurricanes and dropped or tornadoes and dropped three blocks away and they're still closed and everything is still inside. Liberty Safe. Have one installed in your home now with 12 months interest-free payments for as low as $20 a month on approved credit. But you need to act now and protect what you value most. Your valuables are always protected so you can have liberty with a Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com right now. LibertySafe.com, the home of the best-built safes on the planet. Go there now. It's LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. You know, Ben Sass and Mike Lee have been talking about this very problem that most people don't even know what the Bill of Rights is. They can't they can't even they can't even 
uh, name any of the rights. Uh, only, what is it, 48% know the First Amendment? I mean, that's terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean. And has dropped quickly. Since 2011, we've lost a third of the people who knew what it was. Yeah, the, yeah it was, it was uh, I think what you're thinking of is the three branches of government. Three branches of government. 2011, 38% could name all three, which is terrible. It's a terrible number. It's gone from 38 to 26 uh, now in 2017. That's, that's shocking and really dangerous. And f- only 48% of people could name the First Amendment had anything to do with freedom of speech. That was the highest. The second highest one was freedom of religion at 15%. 15%. That's incredible. Then it was uh, freedom of the press, 14%. Right of assembly, 10%. Right to petition, 3%. Oh, my gosh. And then right to bear arms, 5%. <laughs> We just don't know it. We just don't know it. Uh, we're going to be talking about this on TV all this week. Um, and uh, we sure would like your comments and, uh, and also for you to gather the family around and, and watch uh, this week. But we really need to start teaching the Constitution and making some decisions and taking on our own personal responsibility. Forget what everybody else is doing. What are we going to do? More in a minute. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. The Ayatollah of Iran went on a Twitter rant on Saturday, which is weird because he's 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 banned that platform for his people. But not for him or for any of the religious elite. Um, but I digress. Um, he echoed every major talking point that you're hearing now today in America from people who want to grab guns. He wrapped up his Twitter sermon with what he probably considered an ultimate uppercut to the Second Amendment. He said, and I quote, no one dares apply the clear solution to the promotion of guns and homicide in America. What is the solution? It is to make guns illegal, end quote. Well, even a stopwatch is right twice a day. No, that's not what this one is. Mm-mm. He's, uh, he's all wound up, and he's ticking. If you're an anti-Second Amendment person, you have to ask yourself, wow, I'm now in the company uh, of somebody who refers to himself as the supreme leader. If anyone knows what this argument is really all about, it is really all about him. Guns helped the mullahs of Iran pull off their coup back in the 1970s. But after that, after that, after they obtained power, what was their first act? To take away guns from the people that put them in power. Guns are now banned in Iran. But the clerical regime rules with absolute control and unchecked power. You see, this is what it's really all about. Power and control. It enabled the Ayatollah in Iran to effectively turn his country into a slave state. They now have the power to tell you how to dress, when to eat, how to style your hair, what you can say, what you can't say. You don't like it? Sucks to be you, doesn't it? You'll have to deal with that. And your detention camp without due process, without the need of being formally charged, even knowing what the charges are or being able to face your accuser and with no formal date of release. 
you're just there because you're a property of the state. You're a property of God through the state. This is what the founders of our country feared, and this is why they built certain protections into the Constitution to protect us. They're called the Bill of Rights. The Second Amendment is one of the most important. Iran is a perfect example of what is possible when the government no longer fears their own people. There were lots of people in Nazi Germany, Germans, that wanted to kill Hitler, but they didn't have access to anything for an uprising because they took away the guns. So to the Ayatollah standing at his Twitter pulpit in Tehran, thank you. Thank you for weighing in on America's gun debate. Thank you for taking a side. But most importantly, thank you for reminding me today why we have the Second Amendment to begin with. To protect ourselves from people exactly like you. It's Monday, March 5th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. We have Angela Paxton joining us. Now, Angela uh, has kind of a, uh, a famous husband, the attorney general uh, here in uh, Texas, Ken Paxton, who I think is doing an amazing job. He is an amazing guy. Uh, you know, they always say, you know, behind a great man is a great woman. This should be flipped. Behind every great woman, there's a great man. Um, Angela is the lesser known of the two, but she is running for Senate and uh, is is truly, truly remarkable. Hello and welcome to the program, Angela. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, Glenn. What a nice introduction. And uh, I was listening in uh, as you were just talking. I got to say, I think the last person we want to take our uh, gun rights advice from is the Ayatollah. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a that's probably a, a, a bad idea. But people will say, well, even a stopped clock is right twice a day. Is mm-hmm. he a st- is he a stopped clock on this one? Is no, I, I agree with you. He is a very he's tightly wound. That's what he is. Yeah. And uh, we've got to we've got to look out for our own freedoms here in the United States. We are so blessed to be a nation uh, with the greatest constitution in the world. And I've always believed that the best way to protect our constitutional freedoms is to exercise them. Angela, people don't know what their constitutional freedoms are. We, we've, we've, mm. gone, we've gone down to a place to where it's like, I've got rights. Okay, great. Tell me what they are. And they, they can't. They can't tell you. They, uh, 26% now of the American people can tell you what the three branches of government are. How do we save a country that isn't even interested in knowing what it is we're trying to save? You know what, Glenn? One of the things I've always appreciated about what you do is you you teach. I mean, you're a great student of, of history, and you're a great teacher of history. And I think one of the, the failures that we have in the United States is a failure to teach the Constitution properly and at a, at a proper level in our schools. You know, that's my background is in education. I'm a 22-year educator. I taught in public schools and Christian schools, and we homeschooled our children uh, in early elementary. And, you know, and while my background was in, in high school math, I'm, I've got a lifetime Texas teaching certificate and secondary mathematics, but, but I've 
always appreciated, uh, you know, the, the importance of teaching students as, they're, as they are learning about what it means to be an American about the Constitution, and I think it's a, a, a missing piece. Well, we, we haven't taught civics in forever, and you're running for the Senate of, um, of Texas, and we're not really, we're not covering local or state politics all that often, but I, I, I really believe in you, and that I'm not going to endorse you, and I shouldn't have even said that because it's always the kiss of death. Uh, for the candidate, um, but uh, uh, I, I've I've met you, and I I I know your husband, uh, and we have had you know some long conversations, and I, I just think you guys are the real deal. Um, but talking about education, I mean, you can't even teach. They're 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 actually going in and changing again the lessons of the Alamo, and their quote in Texas, the the educational system is quote reimagining the Alamo. How how do you reimagine history? That's a a very scary thought, isn't it? Um, I mean, how can we learn from history if we don't see it for what it is? I mean, the good, bad, and the ugly, um, that is how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we improve. Um, And and to, to try to to remake things into something that's nice and neat according to just one person's viewpoint. It's very dangerous. So how, how are dangerous. you, there, there's a couple of things in your platform. Um, you say, first, you're going to improve education. How do you possibly do that? Uh, and then I'm going to get into a couple of others. First, just real quick, how are you possibly going to improve education? Well, I mean, I think, I think one of the things as I've been out talking with voters and, and, and people who live in uh, Senate District 8 in the Collin County area for the most part where I am, you know, one of the, one of the things that people talk about a lot really is uh, bringing back a focus on history, not a revisionist version of history, but real history. And, of course, you know, that's, that's something that, that belongs to our State Board of Education, but I think we have to be vigilant about the content that we're teaching our students. Yeah. And then I think, you know, another piece of that is just making sure that we're properly training teachers, um, that we're attracting great teachers who, who want to make a difference in students' lives, that they want to teach uh, the facts. They're not, they're not there to, um, you know, to, to, I guess, progress some kind of crazy agenda, that they're going to stick to the, the curriculum um, that we're asking them to teach in Texas. Where do you stand on school safety and guns in school, and what are we supposed to do with this? Wow. You know, the left always makes these issues about something that they're not. But, but what we're looking at um, in this, this horrific, um, you know, recent experience in Florida with school safety is that we've got to make sure that there are people on campuses that are prepared and trained to deal with these kinds of crisis situations. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't stop the evil from coming, but you can be prepared to intercept it and stop it when it's at your front door. So you be for arming teachers, or do you want some sort of a, a, a an armed system in there? And are you also for hardening of the schools themselves? Well, I, I think all of those are are good options. Now, you know, for me personally, I'm a 
I'm licensed to carry as an educator. Um, I, I completely support arming teachers and making sure they're properly tactically trained. I mean, this is not, this isn't, uh, you know, licensed to carry training. This is tactical training, um, obviously on a voluntary basis. But, um, you know, whether, whether it is the schools hiring, um, you know, law enforcement or hiring, you know, re- retired, um, you know, military or, or whatever, trained professionals, people that can be in the schools that are ready to intercept and protect the children. And until we do that, um, you know, unfortunately, these kinds of things are going to continue to happen. Let me just go, I'm going to go down a couple of just things real quickly, and I want to stop on a couple. First, you're, you're, you're fighting for property tax relief, which in Texas is, I mean, we don't have an income tax, but property taxes. I have, I have a house um, where everybody in the, in the area is, uh, you know, has an acre or two. I, I happen to have four acres the tax assessment came in and said, well, you could split that up and have three, uh, three more houses there, and you chose not to, and so you have to pay for the property tax of not just the four acres that I have, but as if four imaginary houses existed on there. <laughs> when we tried to fight it, they wouldn't even listen. We made an error in our, in our writing of the letter, and they said... We, we don't trust that this is what this letter means, that you were upset about that. And I said, we're standing right. We're the author of the letter. You can trust us. That's what we meant. We made one like, you know, it's, it's like a Second Amendment comma thing. Um, and there's no tax relief here. And it's getting out of control. Any thoughts on that one at all? Well, it, it, it's definitely out of control. And, and um, it's, it's, it's something that we deal with here in Collin County and Senate District 8, but it's also an issue statewide, really, and, and the governor and the lieutenant governor have both said this is a, is a top priority for the next session. I mean, our property taxes are growing at a rate that, that far outpaces people's paychecks, for one thing, but, but what you bring up is another, another piece of the, of the puzzle, which is, you know, there's, there's no accountability that, that those that assess um, no the values of our property, they, they have no accountability to the to the taxpayers. And there is there's little transparency most places in the rate setting process as well. Uh, and we're talking to Angela Paxton. She's running for the state Senate here in, in Texas. And I, I hope I, I hate to t- give you tough questions here because you seem nice. But I've I've <laughs> I've been watching uh, the attack ads on you. And uh, I'm I'm won over by one piece of criticism that seems to be in every single attack ad mm-hmm. about you. I know what you're going to say, <laughs> which is you seem you have a nice smile. Yes. Every, What's behind that smile, Angela behind? Paxton? <laughs> What's behind that smile? It must be, feel pretty good when you're running a candidate. Uh, you're running a campaign, and the worst thing they can come up with you is your, is smile. your smile is nice. Well, you know, it's it's funny as I've been out at the polls the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, how many people have said, hey, I'm voting for you. And you know what? You really do have a nice smile. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, the, it's the craziest attack ad I've ever seen in my life. It's constantly um, on. Let me just let me ask you one more question. You say you want to secure the border, enforce the ban on sanctuary cities, um, uh, oppose new taxes and wasteful spending. Um, you want to stand for life, defend religious liberty, defend the Second Amendment and honor the Constitution. Here's my problem. 
I think we are on the verge of losing Texas as Texas because of the amount of people that are moving here from California and other places that don't don't honor any of the things that average Texans have always honored. How are you going to reverse that? What do we what do we do? Are you worried about that? Well, I wouldn't say I'm worried about it, but I would say this. I acknowledge that our demographics are changing. And, you know, the the time for us to just kind of sit back and let things coast and things be easy for us as um, conservatives is over. Our demographics are changing. And we have the winning argument. We have to get out there and meet our new neighbors, and we have to help them understand there's a reason your company moved here. There's a reason that it's better here for your company and for your children and for your future. And we've got to get out there and do the work of, uh, as a friend of mine says, evangelizing the Californians. But we've got to, we have the winning argument and we've got to get out there. And instead of just letting people be co-opted by the left, we've got to get out there and do the work of making the arguments and building the relationships so that people see the connection between why their companies have moved here and the success and the prosperity that Texas is. Angela, thank you so much, and best of luck. Angela Paxton, she's running for Thanks, U.S. Hon. Senate uh, as a Republican. Um, I, I know her and her husband professionally, and I am wildly impressed with both of them. Her husband is the attorney general, and uh, it would be great to have her in the Senate. But what's behind that <laughs> smile? More, Why are her teeth so white and clean? Probably more, and this is saying something, because you know how I feel about her husband. What's behind the smile? More brains and spine than her husband even has. Mm. That's a good thing. Wow. Who is her dentist? <laughs> uh, AngelaPaxton.com. The craziest decade. <laughs> is the place to go. Or at AngelaPaxtonTX on Twitter. When an emergency strikes, what is your first impulse? Run! Ah! That's, that's what it should be. It's like, I gotta get out of here! Or if it's snowing, I've got to get to the grocery store. <laughs> Why do I live in this state? Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's probably... Yeah, yeah. so anyway, um, you need to make a plan to be prepared so you don't have to freak out every time. One practical place to start is with food storage. And food storage is such a daunting idea. But my good friends, and I mean that, my good friends at my Patriot Supply uh, have, have helped me with my food storage for years and it is something that i don't even have to think about now it is so it is great now they have a special this week every person in your household should have an essential two-week emergency food supply supply if you want to begin you have nothing this is the easiest way 67 dollars per person breakfast lunch and dinner for two weeks that's this week only so take action 800-200-9031 or preparewithglenn.com. Food is really good. It lasts 25 years in storage and it's time now to stop put taking, you know, and, and putting off this action. Get it done. Rest easy tonight knowing that you're prepared and that you don't have to go, oh my gosh, I gotta get <laughs> food kits. 
Get yours now. $67 for a two-week food supply for every person in your family. But this week only, 800-200-9031 or go online to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com, 800-200-9031. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. We, um, you'll have to excuse me and pardon me for uh, uh, putting on a, a state race because we don't do that. But uh, we're in Texas. We lose Texas. We're in trouble. And man, I, I'm telling you, people here, she was nice about it. But uh, the people I know that are here that are like, you know, we're losing this state. <laughs> we're losing this state. This state is changing rapidly. And it is. It really is. And we need to be strong on the things that Texans have always believed. The Constitution, personal responsibility, and freedom. Uh, what about her facial expressions expressing <laughs> happiness? Is anybody else tired of all of the political ads? I, I don't know <laughs> if your state is running them like we're running them here in Texas, but they yeah. are nonstop. And it's, it's, it's a Paxton ad run uh, right after an ad from the guy who's running against her and then she'll run another one or it'll be reversed. It's like several of them in a row. You're gone for four <laughs> minutes and you've seen four ads going back and forth from each other. Yeah, they're saying this is actually going to be one of the most expensive state senate races in history. $10 million, they said, expected to be spent on it. He's uh, very wealthy, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, he's, he's very politically connected. Yeah. He's been involved with everybody and uh, for a very long time, so... There's, I, I feel like every area has their local race where every commercial at this time of year would run it just like. But I've never one heard one where the <laughs> the dirt is. Her smile is nice, <laughs> but what's behind the smile? Glenn Beck, Mercury. This. Is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, program. So glad you're here. So there's more on the uh, boycott of the NRA, which I think is is ridiculous um, in the first place. Because I think the average person's reaction when they heard Delta Airlines is, is joining the boycott of the NRA. Oh. I think most people's reaction was... I could have gotten discounts, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, well, it's uh, not like we joined Groupon. Well, you don't know the facts, though. This is this is typical Glenn Beck oh, just coming well. out there throwing because you don't know the facts of how many okay. people utilize this discount. Mm. This is basically the lifeblood of business travel in yes, America. Yes, the NRA yes. discount to Delta. Okay, is I would my guess is eighty percent of all travel mm -hmm. uh, done on the uh, on the NRA discount. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't have to guess anymore because. Uh, <laughs> We found out the exact amount of people who have utilized the NRA discount at Delta Airlines, and it's massive. It's massive. This is massive. massive. This is economy shifting. If you have stocks, sell them all right now. How many passengers do this. they put through? I wonder how many passengers mm. they put yeah. through in a year. Well, you know how the, many tickets sold every year on Delta? Use the NRA discount, right? No, how no, many? but how many, oh. how many overall mm. tickets are sold on Delta? How many tickets <laughs> do they sell per year before you give this number? Because here's – I contend – and I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I have not seen any polls. But I contend everybody went, I didn't know you could get discounts. No. I think you're right. Now, a Delta, let's say, they say they serve 180 million customers a year. 
180 okay, million. 180 million. Let's just be let's just say they sell 100 100 million tickets a year. The 15,000 flights a day. Okay. 15,000 yeah. flights so per that day. 180 million is probably accurate. So yeah. let's just be let's just be okay, let's be it. less generous. They sell 100 million tickets <laughs> every single year. Out of 100 million plus, how many people access the NRA discount? 13. <laughs> how many? 13, uh, 13, 13 people. 13 million? 13, 13 period. 13 people. One three. The big one, one three. three. That's 13. That's, <laughs> that's three more people than you have fingers on your hands. Okay. <laughs> they sell 100 million, 180 million tickets a year and 13, 13. people use this so discount. may I just say. What a, what a, what a public stance. Yes. Okay. So, so may I just say two things you have to keep in, in mind here. Delta starts getting an awful lot of mail. You've got to stop. I contend if they're only selling 13 <laughs> tickets out of 180 million, if they're only selling 13 tickets with that discount, I believe I'm right. Most people have no idea that discount even existed. Of course not. Okay. It's literally 0% of okay. people that join an NRA join So why did this become such a big deal? Activists. Mm-hmm. Somebody went to the NRA website and looked for where they have programs and discounts that no NRA member even does. <laughs> we join because we believe in the Second Amendment. Right. Okay. So we gave our money. We didn't look at the we didn't look at the brochure. We we're like, oh, the discount throw in the garbage. So we don't know about it. We don't care about that. That's not why we joined the NRA. And so the NRA, this is not really hurting the NRA financially or any in any other way other than perception. But what is the perception? Only 13 people <laughs> knew about it. 13. Okay? So, so all this is is a CEO sitting in his office and, there's, and the PR people come in and they're like, we are getting hammered. For the NRA. And at some point in the distant future, these companies will realize they're not actually getting hammered. Yes. It's a nonsensical activist campaign where people, just like Russian bots can tweet for free, so yes. can activists. Right. And, and quite honestly, we don't do what they do. We, the, the, the right does not have these organizations that just tweet like they, they've got it down. Center for American Progress, uh, Media Matters. Uh, all of yeah, that. Millions of dollars go to this. Right? All of that. Millions of dollars are spent. Nobody's doing that on the right. Nobody. Okay. So they get all of this. They get all of this. Uh, uh, these pieces of email and social media. And I can guarantee you the CEO says, looks at all the bean counters and everything else and says, how many people is this affecting? How many people did this affect? Would this affect next year? And they say, well, we've crunched all the numbers. Uh, last year, it uh, affected 13 people. That's when the CEO says, what the hell are we doing it for? I mean, it's only only 13 people used it. We're getting hammered over here for 13 people. This obviously doesn't mean anything to anyone. Get rid of it. That's what's happening. 
Maybe. I mean, I, you know, that's a terrible way, obviously. You make decisions based on whether they're right uh, or wrong. Wait, let's do it in your own life. We'll do it in your own life. I mean, there's a, you know, I'm a strongly anti-boycott. I have, I have I taken a lifelong boycott of boycotts. Yes. Uh, so, I know. I, you know, I know, I'm with you on this. And I, we either have to do them and do them well or don't do them at all. I, yeah, I mean, look. For instance, it, I'm, there's I, a lot of things that the left does that we don't do. And I, that's why I'm here. It's why I'm on the right. I, I don't like the way the left does the things that they do. Correct. So, I mean, you know, I, I understand, you know, that there's, there's a, there is a, uh, there's an itch at times, mm-hmm. and 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 it does feel like you get pushed around. But again, are you getting pushed around with 13 people not flying? Right? I mean, it's not that big of a deal, and that's probably right. You're probably right. Delta probably this probably isn't a big stand against the NRA by Delta. It's not. It's probably just them saying, "What is the point of this? I'm sick of getting right. emails." If they if they said if if they had out of 180 <laughs> million tickets sold, hmm. let's just say they had 20 million, 20 million. Oh yeah, be 10 huge. million. Right. Okay, they came in 13, not million, 13 tickets, okay? So that's when somebody says, this is meaningless. Why are we taking such a hit for something that no one is using? 0.0000007% of our business, Is that really what it is? Is that really what it is? 13 of eight. Do it again. Zero point. Uh, let me just make sure I got five, 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 let's see, zero, zero 0.000007%. Okay. Five zeros. There is no one who <laughs> runs any business that says, we're still going to take the heat. I, but the problem is you create new heat. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I agree. Cameron from Ferris it's, Bueller would say. But you know what? If you are in business today, most of the decisions you make are just, how do I reduce the friction? How I, you're do you're probably I... right, but how how many other I mean, I would assume there's not like five companies the NRA gives discounts to. There's probably hundreds. Sure. Right? Sure. I don't what are the other ones? Right. The, yeah, they but, might be getting the emails, what? but they're not getting the other pushback. Right. You're not getting your is the is the left somebody go to Delta and find out do they give you know, do they give discounts for Planned Parenthood? If so, yeah, I think no. I, there was a there was a campaign about that, but I don't think that's actually right. Idea. So, if I mean, you have to look, and if it's something that is on the on the extreme uh, left or important to the left, is there a big letter writing campaign <laughs> that has been happening uh, for Delta on that? Yeah, I mean, I and just, does it affect thirteen <laughs> thirteen entire people? Uh, can we stop incentivizing companies uh, with praise? To raise their prices, like the, the the idea that hey wow they did the right thing they got rid of that discount to their customers that is the, what what a weird thing we're setting up here. I mean, it, it'd well, be one wh- thing if wh- they wh- said wh- you know what we're gonna give that con- that discount to everybody. Yeah, every one of our customers gets that discount. Then that's something to praise. The fact that they're taking more money out of thirteen people's pockets well, what is, is not something that? to praise. What is that? They didn't do that because they didn't they didn't sign up with the NRA because they believe in the Second Amendment no, or don't believe in the Second not. Amendment. What they wanted to do was have the NRA say, hey, all of you members, you fly on Delta and you get a discount. Well, it wasn't working for Delta because they didn't <laughs> the, the 13 people signed up. So why carry the baggage for it? Why carry the baggage to, no. to me? Now, there's yeah. two issues here. Do you fold to everybody who has a letter-writing campaign? The answer is no, you shouldn't. You should know what you believe in and what you don't. That's a publicly traded company. They shouldn't be offering these discounts to anyone who is causing them trouble 
in the press. Yeah. Shouldn't. Okay. Publicly traded. I don't think, I think I would be happy with somebody who says, we're not going to offer these discounts for anything political, anything, anything that is, is a hot button. We're just not going to do it anymore. You know, we don't want anything to do with the left and the right. We believe in America and all Americans are different and we're all flying together anyway. That's what should be done. But that's even risky. But do it. The only way to depolitize, our whole life is political now. Everything is political. The only way to depoliticize things is to be able to just say, I'm not giving you benefits on either side. Yeah, I mean, I you know, look, I think uh, uh, the issue here is you have a situation where we saw we went through this in the 2016 election, for example. In 2016, there was a situation where we all kind of got these fake news headlines, right? And it became this thing where now we're seeing uh, that a lot of that comes from you know, you know, some of it's been Russian bots. A lot of it is just political activists a lot of that are people who are running websites clickbaity websites with fake news stories and stuff and you get to a point now i think americans have gotten to the point where they look at social media and they 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 doubt whether what they're seeing is real they doubt whether what they're saying is a legitimate headline they doubt whether what they're saying is coming from a russian bot or an activist or what whatever you have doubts when you go on social media at some point these companies should do the same thing Mm-hmm. They should go on and they should say, okay, I'm, I, yes, I got 100 emails today about this thing. Is this real? Is this real or is this just a bunch of activists doing their thing because there's somebody has, I mean, the Internet Research Agency was a million five a month. The, the left-wing activists are funded you know, multiples of that. I mean, they're getting tons more money than the uh, Internet Research Agency from Russia received to run their operations. And what they're doing is very similar to what the Russian uh, uh, groups were doing and that like they don't care about the issue they don't care about any of that their job is to inflame these div- divides so that these companies fold and we can all have another culture war for a couple weeks mm-hmm. again this issue was a big news story and 13 people were affected 13 people didn't get a slight discount on a flight in the future they won't be able to get that same discount. Now, they might get it from another airline, but they can't get it from Delta. And we all talked about it for two weeks. Out of 180 million tickets, Stu is trying. Stu with a straight face is trying to make it sound like 13 tickets sold <laughs> is not a big deal. <laughs> all right. Imagine taking your car for a 100-day test drive. Or getting a pair of new shoes and having 100 days to walk around in them. I'd love that one. Not for me, for my wife. I would love that one. But would she should, Would she not buy them? No, she'd still buy them. She'd have them and she'd have them on for 100 days. She'd have them on for 100 minutes. I can't wait to get these shoes off. They're so uncomfortable. They're killing my feet. I can't wait to get home. And then we'd get home and I'd say, so we're going to send those back? No, of course not. They look great. Okay. Oh, oh all right. I... That's logical. That doesn't happen when it comes to mattresses. Uh, you sleep on it. You just you, you don't say, "Well, that looks great." It better be great. Try it out now for a hundred nights. Their hundred night sleep challenge from Casper. You're going to get a great night's sleep, and if you don't, 
they come up and, and pick it up. Now, it has a um, unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and alignment so you feel perfectly balanced and comfortable. It ships free right to your door. And if you don't love it, and I mean love it, they're going to come and pick it up for free. So you have nothing to lose here. Complete refund every dime. When the choice is to test a mattress by actually sleeping on it for 100 nights in your home or just flopping around in your clothes and your shoes on a dozen or so mattresses for a few minutes, I think this is a no-brainer. Try it out. 100-night sleep challenge. You're going to love this mattress much more than the shoes that my wife buys and she loves for some reason. And it's guaranteed. Casper.com. Use the promo code BECK. Casper.com with the promo code BECK. Save $50 on select mattresses. That's promo code BECK at Casper.com. Terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Oh, my gosh. I You know, I, I promised that I wasn't going to talk about the Oscars, but I just asked Stu... Because one of our monitors, uh, surprise CNN, is glorifying Kobe Bryant for winning an Oscar. And I said, he won an Oscar. What the hell did he win an Oscar for? Dear Basketball, an animated short film mm. uh, he was in. And he, so he actually accepted the award and was cheered glowingly and everything. Okay, but wasn't this the year of the Me Too movement? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm amazed at who gets the pass on this and who doesn't. Again, I... I don't know if Kobe Bryant definitely had a you know an affair in a hotel room with a young worker there. That, that an much affair is known. that much is known. Wasn't it? Was um, didn't she accused him of rape? Though. Yeah. Okay. I okay, was so, saying there's a difference between an uh, affair and rape. Yeah. She accused him of rape. It went to trial and everything. She uh, she uh, stopped um, working with prosecutors, so the case fell apart. The, the reported reportedly she uh, he was. Uh, Paying, he wound up paying her five million dollars ah. as a settlement. Although she, mm-hmm. he he denies that, um, but surprisingly, um, even TMZ noticed it was odd that Kobe Bryant got a wondrous applause while people well, don't go see Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, they they avoided uh, Ryan Seacrest, who has been cleared, cleared, <laughs> cleared, yeah. cleared of all wrongdoing. They will not go stand next to Ryan Seacrest, who is a good and decent guy. Mm. Uh, and uh, and Kobe Bryant, they invite on the stage and give him an Oscar. Yeah, strange. Unbelievable. Strange. I was laughing, too. I was watching the first thing, and, you know, everyone's coming out, of course, in these super low-cut, you know. Yeah, don't objectify uh, women. Don't objectify women, super low-cut gowns. And then the the shot, as they're walking from the back of the stage to the front of the stage, is an overhead shot. So you're basically looking straight down into the cleavage. It's like Harvey Weinstein designed the actual shots used at the Oscars. So did you watch it because of your wife? <laughs> I watched a decent amount of okay. it. Okay. So were they were they lecturing America on the Me Too thing or were was anybody pointing the oh. fingers to 80% of that crowd? Kimmel took on the uh, Hollywood pretty strong on the Me Too stuff. Yeah, good for him. You know, you give him some credit. It was pre- and it was pretty funny. I mean, of course there's a lot of conservative bashing mix- sure. mixed in, but you expect that sure. at the Oscars. Nah, why? Why should it's I the Oscars? Expect that? Uh, let me yeah, introduce okay. you to Hollywood. You're Hollywood, right. Glenn. Okay, Glenn I got Hollywood. Now. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. You know there are several things that are going on in Washington where we could really, we could really make a difference if we would just uh, stop trying to uh 
I don't know, go for the big win instead of looking for the things where we could unite. You know, people say we should get we should get money out of politics. Okay, we should get money out of politics. I agree with that. Now, how do we do that? And what does that mean? And our corporations, people, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. Because you got corporations on one side, you have unions on the other side. That's going to take us a long time to sort out. How about we do this? Let me give you this story over the weekend. Over the last several weeks, Mueller's team has been questioning George Nader. He is a Lebanese-American businessman with close ties to the UAE. Investigators are trying, trying to determine whether the UAE tried to buy political influence during Trump's presidential campaign and administration. They're also trying to determine how George Nader has influenced White House policy. During the first few months of 2017, Nader had several meetings at the White House with Steve Bannon and Jared Kushner about American policy in the Persian Gulf. Nader is something of a Middle East mystery man. During the Clinton presidency, he was a back-channel negotiator with Syria. With Clinton's permission, he tried to secretly work out a peace deal between Syria and Israel. During the 90s, he also ran a magazine called Middle East Insight, which sometimes ran editorials by Middle Eastern leaders like President Mubarak of Egypt, uh, Prime Minister Rabin of uh, Israel, and Yasser Arafat. Well, this guy fell off the radar, radar for a while, but in 2016, he somehow became an advisor to the crown prince of the UAE. After Trump's inauguration, Nader met with Elliot Broidy, He's a major Republican fundraiser who also owns a private security firm. With Nader's help, Broidy's security firm landed several hundred million dollars worth of contracts at the UAE. Last fall, Broidy had a private meeting with President Trump in the Oval Office. Afterwards, he sent a memo of the meeting to Nader at an encrypted email address. Apparently, we can decrypt this somehow or another. In the memo, Brody said he advised the president to have a private meeting outside of the White House with UAE's crown prince. He also encouraged Trump to fire the secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, because of his support for Qatar. A copy of this meeting memo was sent to the New York Times by someone, quote, critical of the uh, UAE's influence in Washington. A spokesperson for Elliot Broidy didn't deny the memo's contents, but said that the Qatari agents hacked Broidy's com- uh, computer and stole the memo. So what does any of this have to do with the Russia investigation? I-, I have absolutely no idea. But here is my point of getting money out of politics. Can we start here? This is why President Trump, like all other presidents, needed to divest himself of all of his business holdings and interests. So he, we know for sure that there is no pressure point on the president. He's not trying to make deals and get special favors. It, it makes us feel good when everything is transparent. We need our president to be free of all influence. So now the president, he's caused trouble on his own because he's refused to get away from his business holdings. Just like President Clinton, or better yet, Hillary Clinton, she brought this on herself by having her foundation. That was trouble because, wait a minute, was she involved with Russia? Was she getting special deals elsewhere? We don't know, and I don't think we're ever going to know the real truth on either of these things. Why? Because there's too much money in politics. (laughs) 
It's Monday, March 5th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So I believe that if we are going to heal as a nation, we have to have start having conversations uh, and have conversations that make us uncomfortable. We're not learning anything uh, if, if we're not uncomfortable. You know, it's nice to sit on the, uh, on the mountaintop, but on the mountaintop, no work is really done. You just have a nice view. It's nice to be up there once in a while, but it's down in the valley where all the work and the, uh, and the, and the fruit is, is, is grown. So let's get into the valley. Let's get into the places. And we have uncomfortable conversations with people, but civil conversations and try to knit ourselves back together. There's two people that are trying to do this now. Uh, Justine Lee, I think, is is it Justine or is it just, it's Justine, right? That's correct, Glenn. Yeah. Justine Lee and, and Tria Chang. Is it Tria? Let me make Perfect, sure. Glenn. Okay, good. All right. So you guys um, have started something called Make America Dinner Again. And you're trying to bring people together. You want to explain this? Sure. Yeah. Make America Dinner Again is um, something we started um, or we conceived the day after the election. You know, we were feeling frustrated. We felt like no one was really listening or understanding each other. And as ordinary citizens, one thing we, we knew we could do is is get people together, get people together over a meal, people across the political spectrum to share their stories or perspectives and really listen with the intent to learn. Um, and we believe that ordinary citizens just like us can do the same so you guys started this and and um i'm i'm pretty sure you're not of the same uh political bent that i am uh you live in mm-hmm. you live in san francisco right that's correct um and um are you able to have real conversations with people who uh, really disagree. Are you be are you able to get people together who are very diverse, uh, and and actually have reasonable conversations? Yes, and that's a huge priority for us to get that diversity of thought in there. So it's not going to be the demographics of San Francisco, which are you know maybe we'd have six liberals and two conservatives. We right. really try to have a mix. It's got to be it's hard. Not only, yeah, it is hard, but it's so mm-hmm. worth it. And we also make sure we don't only have Republicans and Democrats, but also libertarians and people who have views that don't fit into any particular bucket because there are so many different perspectives out there and we all get better and learn more if we can hear from each other. Well, first of all, you guys had me when you mentioned dinner because I'm a big fan <laughs> of it, uh, big supporter. Uh, but you, you go through uh, how to put this together uh, and, you know, it's, it's a great, really you walk, walk people through it step by step on how to do it. But I was looking at uh, how this, how, the worst case scenarios, of course, as an American, that's where I go immediately. Uh, and these two things seem really possible to happen. One, you get a group of people who are, it's difficult to draw into a conversation, very possible especially in that environment when you know people disagree with you. And the other, you get a group who quickly spirals into arguments and chaos, mm-hmm. which I think is in this <laughs> environment really likely. How do you get around that stuff? Yeah, so one way is that we right off the bat in our language and our outreach to our guests, we, we let them know that, you know, 
our intention here is not to win, is not to convert mm. or change minds. It's just simply to take a step back and get to know each other as people first. And you can't, you know, when you're sharing your stories about your life experiences, those are things that people can't really argue, right? What you've experienced, what your what your life has been to you and how you perceive it is your truth. And so I think that um, folks come and they they really internalize these stories from other people. And they now have these perspectives and these stories, and they leave the dinner as data points that they can reference when they're considering an issue or an idea, and that's been really valuable for them. So do you have—this is the biggest—I uh, mean, I've been on this kick for a, f- a few years now of, of trying to explain how right Martin Luther King was, uh, that, it was that it's all about reconciliation, and the, we lose the minute we, start, we try to win— and everyone is trying to win right now. Uh, how, how is this going for you on, exp- on, on explaining that and, and, and getting people to participate? Yeah, well, first of all, Glenn, we love that message that you're spreading, that it's not about winning, it's about reconciliation. Sometimes the word reconciliation is perhaps a little too strong uh, for the people who want to just come eat dinner and hear some perspectives. Sure, sure, so we sure. really, yeah, we put the emphasis on it's about listening. It's mm-hmm. about understanding and personal growth. And you've been talking about personal responsibility. And we really feel that as citizens, Justine and I felt the personal responsibility that if we were surprised by the elections result, that meant we weren't listening enough and we weren't understanding our country well enough. And we think that the people who sign up for dinners do a little bit of self-selection and that they feel that same responsibility. So it hasn't been too hard, actually, to get people in the mood to come together and hear each other out and share their perspectives as well without trying to gain points and win. It's interesting. When I look at your program, it's, it's, I, I'm conflicted because I, part of me thinks, wow, what an amazing thing to do and take this big step and try this really innovative, cool thing that can really solve a problem that America is having right now. And the other part of me says, well, wait a minute, this is just what we're supposed to be doing. Like, this is, this is just a, a regular American thing. We were supposed to get together with people regardless of their politics and have conversations with them and get to know people. Does it feel like you're doing both of those things simultaneously? It does, yeah. I mean, we found that, you know, right now at this time in our, in our state, in our country, it's, it's a very divided time, right? The amplification of that division, distrust online for media, you know, people are speaking another way and they're mm-hmm. tired of feeling anger, misunderstood. And Matt has become this refreshing avenue for them. But the hope is that that isn't going to be the case. This actually becomes an everyday thing, right? Sitting down at dinner and talking respectfully to each other. Um, so we really see Make America Dinner Again as a blueprint for, you know, future conversations when things aren't as heated around politics, maybe it'll be something else. I mean, we think there will always be some type of conflict in the world and in our country. So it's just getting people, you know, to practice active listening, to, to remembering what it's like to communicate with one another in a respectful way. Would you guys come have dinner with me? We would yes, love to. Would love to. <laughs> let's, do, let's do that. Maybe, yeah. maybe you guys bring some, uh, maybe you guys bring some, uh, friends uh from san francisco and i can bring some friends from texas who they usually don't meet unless it's in austin uh and uh and we can you know we i would love to have a conversation with you and i would i would love to uh have dinner with you 
I, I, I'm, I love that, Glenn. I, I, I think that we've always been a country that was e pluribus unum. We, we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different beliefs, but we all settled on a few, and I think they're the Bill of Rights, a few things that we all had in common that we all believed. And if, if we can just stop believing the worst of each other, um, and that's hard. I mean, that's really hard. If we can start believing the best intention out of most people, we'll be able to make it. But if we don't, if we don't start talking to each other, we ain't going to make it. Totally agreed, Glenn. And actually, yeah, I just wanted to mention that we just got a sign-up from someone who um, heard about us on your show. Because we do ask our guests when they sign up how they've heard about us. And they've mentioned Glenn Beck. So oh, that's great. So already you're, you're helping us out. Well, we... we um, we're posting we're posting you know how to do this uh and uh and and you know your your whole kit uh we're posting it at glenbeck.com I'll facebook it uh today and I I strongly urge people to uh get involved in make america dinner again how do they find you They can find us on our website <laughs> Mhm <laughs> Yes, makeamericadinneragain.com, nice and simple, nothing fancy. And, yeah, there are a lot of ways to reach out there. You can either email us directly, uh, download the kit, or sign up for a dinner, either to host or be a guest. i got to believe that, for instance, in in my little town in Idaho, it would be really hard to find somebody who is really hardcore liberal. Uh, And uh, I would imagine in San Francisco it's really hard to find somebody like me does it does it does it get i mean it takes depending on where you live it takes real work does it not it does it's hard but it's possible the website yeah. does a good job too of discussing how to find people and and how to really walk through the process it's it's a it's a great idea and you can just do this you don't have to just this, you know you don't have to be in san francisco to do this you can start up your own right no, in your it's own important area and, that it happens everywhere yeah and what, what's so what's the food selection for a glenbeck uh, dinner uh here do you, do you guys have suggestions i was thinking maybe the brooklyn barbecue controversy from twitter over the weekend would be a good starting point we can all make join together to make fun of brooklyn barbecue <laughs> Well, we found one of the one of our go tos is pizza. That's something usually people can agree on. Mm. Um, and uh, we do pull our guests ahead of time and, and get their dietary restrictions. So what is we the, consider that. What's the best thing that is that has come that you guys have personally witnessed? What's the most surprising thing that you were like, "Wow, was that amazing"? Hmm. Well, there are a few, but but one that stands out is we have two guests that you know have been to a couple of our dinners. The first one was the first time they met, and the second one, they actually really got to know each other. And these are two guests who seem like complete opposites in their build and their demeanor. Um, one was a, is a straight, middle-aged white man who is a real estate attorney and voted for Trump. And the other is a, a young, transgender Korean adoptee who voted for Hillary. And it was pretty clear they have different politics. But when they sat down and exchanged stories, they, they actually found they had some things in common. Uh, they're both from the Midwest. They have, you know, one was from North Dakota, the other is from South Dakota, and they have a real shared love for that part of the country. Uh, they're both fathers, and uh, they really strongly identified as being fathers. They said above anything else, that's how they identify. Um, and they both also found they have a real love for our country, and they want the best for it. And those commonalities were enough for them to leave actually hugging each other and looking forward to the next time they'd meet. So 
We've seen that friendship blossom over the course of a few dinners, and it's been pretty cool. I, I'm I'm thrilled to have you guys on. I would love to have you again, and I would love to invite you here to Texas, and let's have dinner. And if you can't make it, then I'll come to San Francisco, but let's, uh, let's have dinner because I think you guys are doing uh, just a great, great service to our country. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. I really appreciate it. God bless. So a really interesting topic, and I'm really hungry now. I'm like, starving. All I'm thinking about is pizza. Starving. I, I'm so weak. Oh, it's no. pathetic. Uh, MakeAmericaDinnerAgain.com is the uh, is the place to go. Uh, and it's Tria Chang and Justine Lee. I want to tell you a little bit about Simply Safe. This is a home security company that I've worked with since they've had 10 employees. I, I know Chad. I know the owner. I, I, I know these guys really well. Um, and they're good, decent people. And they, they love our audience. Um, and they have worked really hard to um, come up with a security system that gives you power. I mean, you want to talk about personal responsibility and, you know, not waiting for the, you're the first responder. Simply Safe has done this. They've just released their brand new security system, the all new Simply Safe, completely redesigned and rebuilt. They've added new safeguards to protect against power outages, down Wi-Fi, cut landlines. They give you a chance to protect your family. The all new Simply Safe, redesigned to be practically invisible with small, powerful sensors that are so small you'll hardly notice them, but the people who are coming into your house will. And what's remarkable? is they have spent all this time and it's still the same great honest price 24/7 protection for only $15 a month and there's no contract smaller faster and stronger than anything that they've built before and supply is limited so whether you have a gun in your house and you're going to protect when the alarm goes off and the police you're waiting for the police arrive or you just want time to lock your kids down until the police arrive simply safe serves both SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there now to order SimplySafeBeck.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. You know, it's very interesting. Um, we were just talking off air. One of the reasons why gay marriage became about love is because we started to talk to gay people. We, they started coming out of the closet. We allowed them to come out of the closet. And um, we were like, oh, well, you know, I have a friend. I have a sister. I have a brother. I have, you know, uh, somebody that and I know they're not monsters and they don't hate me and, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, and so we, you know, recognize them as people. Instead of yeah. this mythical, you know, oh, they're all out to, you know, get your kids or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> right. You know, whatever the stupid things that held us apart. Um, now, uh, we are having the same problem, except it's people who, you know, believe in guns, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. I think we're seeing a little bit of movement on that in that it's the same type of thing where people, when they meet gun owners, they think in their head of these scary people who want to shoot everybody and and, and, and that's not who they are. They're... Real people. David French was on last week and, and talked about a column he wrote for The Atlantic, yeah. a left-wing, uh, largely a left-wing publication, uh, to kind of just inform people on the left of how you'd even come into guns. Because I could tell you, as you know, someone who grew up in Connecticut, like it was not yeah. at all part of my life or Correct. culture. And, you know, people don't, you know, in the Northeast, yes. they don't understand it. It's, it, I mean, you know, and it's the same crazy thing. Oh, gay people are going to try to make us all gay or whatever that was. 
all gun owners want to just kill people and they just are bloodthirsty. Neither of those are true. We really need to start reaching out to each other. Glenn Beck. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome, Mr. Pat Gray. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm great. Mm -hmm. I'm great. Mm. I'm great. Uh, so uh, you are you are our one source for all uh, Alex Jones news. I like to be your one stop shop for that. Yes, right. for all things Alex Jones. <laughs> I, I have noticed this. Yeah. Now the, here's the reason why we're bringing this up today is because Alex Jones had uh, some uh, claim that he is now he's got three strikes against him against with, with YouTube with YouTube and and, and that they've banned his site now. Which does not appear to and actually... Then, and then he says they claim they're going to delete 30, all 33,000 videos or whatever he's got on the site. They say, no, we we didn't do any of that. Or, we're not doing that. So what's... I mean, there's a way to check this, right? Well, I went to the <laughs> channel and it seems to be accessible. Uh, YouTube. Unless I have a secret passageway in. Uh, right? You're using your <laughs> GlennBeck.com you know, address? N- no, I just went there. Yeah, but that's uh, probably so a GlennBeck.com kind of computer. Where you're in cahoots with him? Or is it because FBI. you work it's for the, the CIA? Oh, it's CIA. That's it's right. CIA. It's our CIA the, access. Yeah. That, that's why you have that. No, it seems to be accessible. And uh, it seems... To, YouTube is is denying it. They said, well, no, we didn't can do I, any of that. Can I tell you something that shouldn't be surprising to this audience at all? Um, I mean, you know exactly how I feel about Alex Jones. Uh, but you also know exactly how I feel about the Constitution. I don't think, I think YouTube has a right yeah, to, to private, to private business. Private business. So they have mm-hmm. a right to do whatever. I don't think they should. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. What, what do you do? If somebody is really, really crazy saying crazy things, which he is, I mean, just last mm-hmm. week, you know, 90%. Well, he, sure, it's a deep state. This shooting deep state, was false deep flag. state false flag. We, he claims he didn't say any of those things. We we have we played it. the audio of what he said just you, last week. Can play it here. Ladies and gentlemen, I can now officially say that it's about a 90% chance that the Florida event at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas mm. High School that's killed 17 people and injured over 20 is a deep state false flag operation. Okay. He can't help himself. He can't. And and then he denies that he said, well, he denies categorically that he said they were crisis actors. But what are you saying when you're calling it a a deep state false flag operation? So so can we keep this on track, though, on freedom of speech? (laughs) Does he, does, should YouTube, should YouTube be able? Yes, I think they should. But they... Uh, Stu brought up uh, uh, like a specific rule that I didn't know they had. Ted Cruz. Yeah, Ted Cruz is making an argument, uh, and you know, Ted knows the law very well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So, yeah. uh, but mm-hmm. his argument is basically that um, if I'm, let me allow me to butcher Ted Cruz's legal argument. Um, but it, that YouTube gets an exemption essentially from their copyright problems because obviously anybody can upload any video, so you could upload an entire movie to, and it would be up there, and that's a copyright problem. The way they get around that is there's an exemption for uh, a, a site that is seen as uh, completely neutral, essentially, right? Like this is a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an open operation, right? Anyone can post anything, so we're not censoring, so therefore, uh, you know, we get an exemption. 
if they start taking a political angle and start banning certain types of speech, they may lose that exemption, which would basically wipe the entire company out. They couldn't do that. I mean, they, yeah, you can't. They then could get you'd sued have music rights. Every, yeah. I mean, right. it would, it would, be, it would be impossible. They got to remain neutral. And uh, so I think Jones is just using this to pad his numbers on his subscription. Seems that way, right? Probably. I mean, yeah. everything. I, th- I think that's what he's doing. So, 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 where do we? How do we? What do you do with people who, you know, if Nazis were were on and they were spewing all of this stuff on YouTube, which they probably are. Uh, oh, definitely are, right? I mean, that's what YouTube was built on. It was built mm-hmm. on, on people Nazis. with crazy, yeah, crazy Nazis and crazy socialists and Antifa people. And, you know, I mean, yeah. that is, you know, Alex Jones has a big business on YouTube because of that. He, he built 9-11 conspiracy theories were like one of the first YouTube hits. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it really, mm-hmm. it really was built partially on that. And now they're trying to control it. But I think you could take a line, too, where... um you allow people to post things that aren't threats, and, and, and there are certain lines that they have in their mm-hmm. in their user agreement that would be covered. But you know, they talk conspiracy theories. You let allow people to post them. What I don't think you have to do if you're YouTube is recommend the videos um, w- through your algorithm. A lot of times this happens, and and mm. people. I was reading a story about this just the other day. Of you, you get on, you watch one of these videos, and then YouTube just keeps recommending you video after video after video. Mm-hmm. With Prager University, it's wonderful. Right, you, yeah. you watch with one Alex then, Jones. With it's Alex not. Jones, it's not because you go to Alex Jones and then you get to five Alex Jones and then you're down to some other conspiracy theorists who thinks Alex Jones is part of the deep state. And then where do you uh-huh. go? It's really dangerous though when you start who who decides whether it's conspiracy theory or or there's actually something to it. Okay, so they, so they would probably think the Tides Foundation stuff is conspiracy theory, and they probably right? would. And I think that's why you have to be really careful on how you, you do, do. Right, it's got to be yeah. almost only blatantly obvious things which again i know to us and them are completely different things but we both would Definitely. unite and say the 9-11 conspiracy theory stuff is hopefully hopefully we would actually yeah. that's not even true the democrats what half the democrats believed that at the time yeah uh, when george bush was so, in office so let me this sounded to me i posted this this weekend uh this sounded to me like it was from a you know a philip uh, k uh, dick book you know and one of those dystopian 1960s. Yeah, he did the what's that Amazon series? Uh, uh, Man in High Tower. Man in High Tower. And, and yeah. he also did Blade Runner. Okay, this is not a parody. I, I want to just play this. I have to play it off my uh, laptop here. Hang on just a second. Still a long way to go with artificial. Okay, listen to this. ADL and the University of California at Berkeley's D Lab have been working to develop a new approach to tackle online hate using the latest methods. The goal of the Online Hate Index is to help tech platforms better understand the growing amount of hate on social media and to use that information to address the problem. By combining artificial intelligence and machine learning with social science, the Online Hate Index will ultimately uncover and identify trends and patterns in hate speech across different platforms. We've just completed our first phase of research, and we found that the machine learning model identified hate speech accurately between 78 and 85% of the time. In the next phase of our project, We'll look at specific targeted populations in a more detailed manner. We'll examine content on multiple social media sites. And we'll identify strategies to deploy the model more broadly. Mm. While there's still a long way to go with artificial intelligence and machine learning-based solutions, we believe the online hate index will help tech companies better understand the extent of hateful content on their platforms by creating community-based definitions of hate speech. Mm. 
Uh, th- okay, so that's from the show? That's from ADL. No, 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 This is real. That's real? This is real. <laughs> this is from the Anti-Defamation oh. League. This is real with the University uh, of uh, California, Berkeley. That mm. is chilling. That's real. It's you, not fake. It's real. How do you know? hate speech. How do you know you're 78 to 85% accurate yeah, on that? Right. Like, who well, decides? Again. again, who decides that? Again, right. no, but the, like, I think that's a place where... If you're you let allow people to upload everything, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, when you're talking about your recommendations as a site, that is absolutely your determination yes. of how you want to recommend the next yes. thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to recommend only liberal videos, you can absolutely do that. I mean, there, there's no reason you can't do that. Um, you know, it's it's another thing to say we're not going to allow people to access those videos because then you're taking a stance but against. This- this, I think, is worse. Do you think because this any is, of what they identified as hate speech applied to Donald Trump? I doubt it. And I'll, there, there is plenty, as we know, on oh, yeah. every social platform. Meaning that people hate, hate Donald Trump. About Donald Trump. Yeah. 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 So, but you look at this. Now, remember, I said don't fear robots. Mm. Fear the goal of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. If the goal is Jeez. to identify hate speech... And we have, in our machine learning and AI, taught it that this is hate speech. Mm-hmm. It will not stop until it identifies all hate speech and stops all hate speech. We better be very sure and very careful on AI how we're identifying hate speech. Yeah. You know who? I think it's <laughs> is it yes. Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter? One of them is using the Southern Poverty Law Center as their source on hate speech. Oh. Right, which is obviously... Oh, uh, they've as, been far, as far David Barton extreme is, left as you David Barton is known as their, you know, a terrorist or their worst, their worst hate speech category. Yeah. And that's one of them. And we also <laughs> know that Media Matters is consulting, I think, YouTube and Google. I mean, you they're add, not legitimate organizations. No, they're not. At all. No, they're not. Oh, by the way, I just got a notification from YouTube that they just took down the Pat Gray channel. Oh, my gosh. Completely. Wow. It's what? as if it never even existed. What? Holy cow. Yeah. Wait, so what the about only... your 542,000 videos? Right, we, no, should, right? we should do something. We should well, do something. Only... I, I think the only place you can get me now is on the Blaze Radio and TV network. Holy and, cow. And like, well, you should the do podcast more just... on iTunes and SoundCloud yeah. and Stitcher. <laughs> right. The only so, thing you can do to stop dude. people, Pat, I think, in addition uh-huh. to those things, is just send you money directly. Or you could do that. Or buy your supplements. Right. Wait. If people would buy your supplements, your male vitality formula, <laughs> everything would be fine. Plus, you'll be super vital. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Super vital. Wow. Yeah. Do tests show? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take my shirt off later on. on the show. No. Oh, wow. Bad idea. Bad idea? Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to take my shirt okay, off Okay, good. good. <laughs> Tax season in full swing. Some experts are saying that uh, filing your taxes early prevents identity theft, but it doesn't. The underlying problem still exists. Your stolen information is out there and it can be used in other ways, like opening up a credit card in your name or being sold on the dark web. If your information has been part of a breach, don't get too comfortable just because you filed your taxes early. There are many threats in today's connected world and it takes one weak link for the criminals to break the chain. Good thing is LifeLock has uh, new identity theft protection and adds the power of Norton Security to help protect you against threats to your identity and your devices. So 
you you know you can find the things that you can't easily see or fix on your own. Nobody can stop all cyber threats or prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with new Norton Security is able to uncover threats that you might miss. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK and use the promo code BECK for an extra 10% off your first year. That's promo code BECK. Get an extra 10% off now. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Glenn Beck Mercury. The First Amendment guarantees your right to say stupid things. But it doesn't guarantee we have to listen to them. Share your intelligent thoughts with Glenn and Stu through social media at Glenn Beck and at World of Stew. Oh, this one came in from uh, Jerry. He said, Glenn, what color are they wearing at the uh, Oscars to stop all the graphic violence that they put in movies and video games? Uh, I think that was covered with orange, uh, still orange, which, by the way, if anyone can get their hands on those orange lapel pins uh, that they had, Please let me know. We need these. We need to start collecting all of the anti-Second Amendment stuff for the museum. Uh, so if you see any anti-gun propaganda or anything else and you can get your hands on it, please uh, send it to us and we can uh, we will post an address. But we really we really need to preserve this. This is an amazing moment in history. Uh, and those orange lapel pins were um, important. John wrote in and said, uh, I always skip the Oscars. What a waste of time watching Hollywood elite pat themselves on the back for producing violent and bloody movies and then crying about guns. Yeah, I loved it also that they were um, uh, wearing uh, clothes that, you know, makes it very hard not to notice uh, a, a woman. And uh, all of the things about being a woman and uh, and then talking about don't make women into objects. I thought that was an interesting uh, thing as well. Um, Glenn, the um, I think we need a special counsel to investigate the need for another special counsel in light of the original special counsel. This is about the uh, Trey Gowdy says the second special counsel is likely needed to investigate the DOJ. I don't know how many special counsels we can have investigating special counsels, but I, I'm kind of with you. Shane says uh, the government should not be investigating the government. It's like letting criminals investigate the criminals. Amen. But who do you trust to do it? Who's going to do it? Is there anybody that we trust anymore? Stu? anybody that you say, you know what? They'd be able to handle it. I trust them to do it. I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, that's, that's I think, the point of this hour, maybe, right? <laughs> you know, like, we have to find places where we can find that trust between people, even if they disagree. You know? It's, but where? I mean, I mean, we, we have to find it in our neighbors, and then we'll, we can rebuild it. But is there anything that you trust? Is there anything. anybody that you would say, any group, any group of people, anything that you could cobble together that you'd go... I'd believe that if they came out. I think you have to go to, like, you know, America's family. you got to go to, like, Bill Cosby. Uh, then you find somebody there that can really. No, I. You know, I've been following the news lately. Is there? Yeah, no, there's know? a okay. there's a there's an update update <laughs> on that. Uh, a study out shows Americans blame government mistakes, not guns, for Florida shootings. Yeah, I think we know that. Shows the American people. I mean, this is this is a really easy one because there there are times you can sit here and have this discussion. The fact that the discussion on guns is happening after this particular shooting is so strange. It's so strange. I mean, it's it's a terrible example for people who want gun control. It is some, We had a million warning signs. We had all of these laws in place. 
We had crimes that were not reported, FBI tips that were not followed up on, local police uh, screwed this thing up. And they're in a asking ways. for more power. And they want more power so they can screw it up more? And they want to take they want to take guns away? I mean, it, like there have been cases in which you could say, well, you know what, the the gun is the bad thing. I never agreed with their arguments, but this is a terrible this is not it. opportunity. This it, is not it. And again, this is just all built on the backs of they have willing participants in their theater. The right one, now. the one who could have made this case, the one thing was Vegas. There, there was a guy who was off the radar. There were no warning signs at all. Yeah. Um. He, I mean, he seemed it's, to do everything legally until he started shooting people. Yeah, and that one's so difficult because there. I don't think there's even a proposed law that could have really no. stopped him. I mean, they always say, oh, you're going to ban all your guns. Well, yeah, I guess maybe right. in theory. Right. Um, that one. And that was, you know, well, if there was somebody else with a gun, they could have stopped him. No, uh-uh. In that case, no. I mean, unless you had a sniper rifle. Uh, you know, and there's no, there was no law and no protection on that one. We have to admit, we're not, we're not infallible. Sometimes this, yes. the, we're going to have people who are correct. Really- but that's the one to make the case on. Not this one, where law enforcement dropped the ball over and over and over and over again. It certainly could have been stopped, this last one, and the one before that in the Texas church. See you tonight at uh, 5 o'clock and then again 5.30, the news and why it matters only on theblaze.com slash TV. Glenn Beck, Mercury.